0: Welcome to the NASA and Silicon Valley podcast, episode 28. This past weekend was an exciting one for anyone interested in space. SpaceX returned to flight in a resupply mission to the International Space Station. Not only did they launch into space, but they also stuck the landing on the way back. The Dragon capsule is still in space and on its way to dock with the International Space Station this week. These commercial resupply missions include interesting science experiments to advance scientific knowledge in Earth, space, physical, and biological sciences. Almost every resupply mission has included a life science payload from NASA Ames. Today's guest works directly with getting everything in order to make those payloads ready for launch. Elizabeth Payne is an ISS Payload Manager in the Flight Systems and Implementation Branch at NASA Ames. We discuss several science experiments that are already on the space station, and some that will be on their way in the coming months. Without any delay, here is Elizabeth Payne. Thank you so much for joining us, Elizabeth. Tell us a little bit about yourself, You know, mainly like how you joined NASA in the first place. How did you get to Silicon Valley? What brought you to the wonderful world of Ames?
1: So I am from San Jose, California. Awesome, a I, local. Yep, I am a local. Um, so I always saw Ames as my local center. And honestly, from age five, mm-hmm. I said, I want to work at NASA.
0: Did you come to like the visitor center and stuff as a kid driving on 101 uh, a, a little or space bit. camp or something yeah. like
1: that? Oh, I I went to space camp. Really? I, <laughs> 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 I um, Yeah, I went to space camp in Alabama. Really? Okay. Yeah. So my, my parents really were awesome in cultivating my interests. Mm-hmm. So... Um, and I'm a first-generation college graduate. So they wanted to provide everything possible for me to follow my dreams. And so grateful for that. They saved up, sent me to space camp. Um, And I was actually a teenager when I went, so I was a little bit older. Um, And when I went there, I was like, this is the place that I want to be. I want to be surrounded. Yeah, I found my tribe, (laughs) like this is it. Um, and from then on, it was like no stopping me. I, I got to get into NASA.
0: And in being in this area, you know, being near San Francisco, Silicon Valley, San Jose, it's like you're in the perfect place to cultivate that whole that whole thing.
1: Absolutely. Um, just being around it every day and having it be a common thing to have mm-hmm. NASA around, that was super cool. Um, I was coming to Ames when I was in high school. I went to right. Presentation High School over in San Jose. And I was a part of the Young Women of NASA Advisory Council. Okay. So that meant that I came <laughs> to AIM. Sometimes I interviewed some uh, women uh, at, that worked at NASA. They sent us out to Kennedy when I was a senior to go see a shuttle launch. I mean, that was oh, that's got to be huge. amazing. We did a webcast with some of the the female employees there. So I was just blown away. I was blown away. So. I was still interested mm-hmm. in, uh, in NASA as, you know, time went on and continued my interest through college.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, did you end up joining as like an intern or anything like that or Pathways or something?
1: I did. It was, it was pretty funny the way I actually came into Ames. Um, after graduation, uh, I was back here in the Bay Area, and I honestly did a cold call to public <laughs> affairs because I was interested nice. in international relations. At the okay. Time. And I said, Hey, can I come in and shadow somebody? So I explained that, you know, I've had this interest in working at NASA for the longest time, went to space camp, you know, I'm not just some random person, you know, calling <laughs> you off the street. And they said, yeah, sure, come on out. We're going to be People filming. People love talking
0: about their work.
1: Right? <laughs> That's the thing. Right? Know? And I love hearing about it. So <laughs> let's do this. So they said, you know what? Come on out. We're going to be shooting a Mythbusters episode.
0: Oh, I thought, wow.
1: what? Okay. Okay, absolutely. I'm going to come out. So I came out, uh, shadowed a public affairs officer. He told me the internship program that he, he came in on. Mm-hmm. Um, that night I signed up. Three days later I had an interview and so i came in as an intern soon after that worked part time for about 6 months at that point i was offered a civil servant position in a it's a program that's that's no longer around but you go on probation for a couple years and then you become permanent you kind of get some time to get get your feet wet and see how things go and You know, they'll figure out if they want to keep you or not.
0: We actually first met at one of the SpaceX launches when um, science going up into the International Space Station. Talk a little bit about some of the stuff that you're working on now.
1: So right now, I'm a project manager for what's collectively known as the small payloads. And that's the European Modular Cultivation System, or EMCS, microbial tracking, and the micro payloads so i had been working in procurement for about seven years and i always had an interest in being a pm and being close to the mission so i expressed an interest in at least doing a detail opportunity in another division here at ames Uh, it's a flight systems implementation branch and my management at the time they were gracious enough to let me go and expand my horizons it was wonderful um and that job ended up sticking. Some of the payloads have been going on longer than others. EMCS has been around for about 10 years. That's in collaboration with the European Space Agency.
0: So what do you do? What do you care about? These things are going up into space and Obviously, there's a lot of important science going on to it. So what is the project manager's role in making for sure that everything goes okay?
1: For the most part, my most important job is to take care of my people. Okay. Take care of my team and protect them from all the questions that come in from management. What's your status? Where are (laughs) things at? Are we on schedule? Are we on budget? I work to protect my teammates from all of that.
0: So as long as they can focus on the science, you're doing your job.
1: Absolutely, I have engineers and scientists and logistics people and that help bring everything together so that we can send science up to the space station. And I want them to focus on their jobs. And my role is to make sure things run smoothly, answer upper management when questions come in, Mm -hmm. and just really brag about all the cool things that my teammates are doing.
0: And I'd imagine in order to be able to answer the questions that are coming from the top for whatever granular reason that they may want, you also have to be very well integrated into the team and understand what everybody's doing in order to you know have those conversations and be able to kind of keep them at bay, yes, until somebody's like Elizabeth, get out of my way. I'm going to talk to that guy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> People love talking about what they do, and I, <laughs> yes,
0: in the opposite way.
1: <laughs> I love being a sponge. So I've gotten in there into the lab. They tell me what they're working on. They explain things to me. So my degree is not in, in engineering or science. So I need them to educate me on what's going on, how long things take, what things mean, what are what these weird acronyms mean, they help me do my job. Mm -hmm. And I I really appreciate them for that. And they, you know, they're wonderful. They never judge on my stupid questions that I (laughs) ask, they seem so simple, but um, they're, they're happy to explain things to me so that I can then explain the awesome things that they're doing.
0: I'm sure that also, in, in in different respects, is that when you are absorbing all these things and talking to them, a big part is like, how can you help make their lives easier? So if they have a, a something that's bugging them, some piece of equipment or something that just isn't working properly, then you're able to be, like, all right, cool. Let me let me pave the way, make your life easier. I like buy a new thing or fix this or tell management we need more money for this you know.
1: Absolutely, that's a huge part of it also, I'm glad you mentioned that because a lot of our processes they've been the same way for many years in some mm-hmm. cases and there's room to improve that and I always tell my teammates, hey, let me know if something is stopping you, if there's some sort of gatekeeper along the way let's see if we can streamline things a little better and so that you can do your job and and things can be easier, and you can be more motivated to get the job done.
0: Okay, so as you're working on these projects, you're working with the team, you're talking to management, you're going to different meetings, talking about budget, timelines, logistics. Now you're, you've packed up your wonderful toy and you're sending it off to Kennedy to go up into a rocket. What are you feeling at that point? And once you're on the ground, is it just kind of like this blur of excitement, but then you're so stressed you can't figure it out? Tell us about like, what, what is it like in those moments?
1: When we get to the point where we're ready to either bring our payload to the Cape or send it off to the Cape, we're pretty darn excited. And mm-hmm. it feels like this uh, pressure has been lifted off of our shoulders where, oh, we can take a sigh of relief and we're done. We have hit that milestone. But really when the milestone hits is when that rocket goes up <laughs> I was and say. that's that's pretty amazing. It's not every place you go that a milestone is made by a rocket shooting up into <laughs> the sky. That's pretty cool.
0: Well, and it's one of the funny things i learned from being at one of those rocket launches was the rocket launch itself is so quintessential NASA. It's like we're sending things into space. You have this international space station you know, circling around the Earth. But at the same time, it's like the reason it's all up there is so that you can do science up there. Um, like without these payloads, without this stuff, this interesting science going up, then like, what's the point of having it there? I mean, we don't want a space station just for the sake of having it. You want to learn what could you not learn here on the ground?
1: Absolutely. I mean, we send up this science to make everyone's life on Earth better, to advance ourselves here on Earth. And it's about all humans, not just the United States. Um, we're, the, the International Space Station's motto is off the Earth for the Earth. And it's not off the Earth for America. It's for the Earth. And it's for the betterment of all of society. So I'm, I'm grateful to be a part of that.
0: Yeah, and a lot of that even plays to how a lot of the stuff that NASA is working on is not just kept in its own little silo. And, and this is also a thing for just science in general, that you can learn more when you open those data sets and what you learn to the broader scientific community, to our international partners. And when you open that up and share it, and they may come up with things that we didn't even think of, and by having more minds working on it, it kind of you know will help progress go faster.
1: I absolutely, suppose. absolutely. We we love to share all of our our data and our information.
0: Okay, so after this launch happens, we have the science. You, you breathe that huge sigh of relief, and like so you, of course that payload's up there it survived launch. So <laughs> you're feeling really good about yourself, but still these science projects are still up there and they're being continually working on. It talk a little bit about something that's still up in the space station that you're kind of still getting data about or maybe working with the astronauts to understand
1: sure we hit that milestone of the rocket launch but then starts a whole another set (laughs) of schedules and milestones so that means that you know our our experiment has made it to the station the next step is for the astronaut to actually do that experiment finish it up get the samples ready to come home and send them back on a dragon capsule so so right now we have uh, an experiment up from the european modular cultivation system it's called prr or plant rna regulation that was sent up on spacex9 the experiment has been done on station and we're waiting for the samples to come home but what essentially happens is we send up seedlings from hardware that we have built here at ames and we send them up dry so to speak And the crew member, once they're unpacked Mm -hmm. out of Dragon, they're put into the European Modular Cultivation System facility on station, which is a European Space Agency facility. Okay. So on board the EMCS facility is actually two rotors uh, within sort of, it sort of just looks like a small refrigerator if you're just to look at it. So two little doors, one on top of the other. There's a rotor located within each one of those doors and this allows you to uh, put our experiment containers into those rotors there's uh, four experiment containers on mm-hmm. each rotor so they're they're nice and balanced so one rotor you can run at 1g just like on earth which is really cool because then that, that allows you to run your control I was say, on the space station
0: right next to so it has all the same environmental exactly things. is it just spinning
1: It's spinning. It's spinning to
0: simulate 1G. 1G.
1: So the other rotor where we put the other four experiment containers with the seedlings in them, they're just at zero G. And so we can do that at the same time so that like you said, the seedlings are exposed to the same environment. Mm -hmm. Pretty, pretty cool. Once they're set up in the rotor by the crew member, we then from the ground or the the Norwegian User Support Operations Center or the NUSOC, It's located in Trondheim, Norway. Okay. They send a command to their EMCS facility, hey, time to water the plants. (laughs) We're going to start up the experiment. So they water the plants. We also have software that allows us to turn on and off lights within our experiment containers. Um, So we need to simulate some sunlight so these plants can grow towards that sunlight. Okay. Over time, we usually run these experiments for about six days. So we, we start to see the seedlings start growing around four days or so, and then they kind of grow. They're still really, really tiny. But it allows us to see how they're growing, how they're responding to the light that we send them. We can make sure that they've actually been watered, that you know they, we sent the command and they've actually been hydrated. We just can see how they're reacting to zero-G, 1g so when plants grow in space they experience a lot of different changes in their Mm -hmm. gene expression and uh, gene expression is the process of converting a gene's information into a useful product like a protein or an rna and plant rna regulation our experiment that's waiting to come home studies the first steps of gene expression involved in the development of the roots and the shoots of the plant
0: okay do you see those differences
1: like even in the control that's in just 1G that's spinning around? We we do see some differences. Um, okay. It's it's a little bit hard to say right now just because it's still on station. It's in process. Yeah, it's we're still waiting for the samples to come home. We do get images and videos, but we don't like to, to comment too far on...
0: Because you don't know... Well, yeah. I think after the astronauts run that experiment, they put it back in the capsule or something that's going to come back to Earth. You get your samples. I'm sure they ship them back to you guys. Right. And then is there a whole nother round of like just deciphering what you guys learned from that experiment, I suppose?
1: Absolutely. So we bring the hardware back to Ames and the little tiny seedlings go back to the PI's laboratory mm-hmm. for her to analyze
0: Oh, this, So it, it is the actual seedlings. So, so, and those seedlings have gone through some growth while up in the station. And so you're sending that back.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Back into the lab so we can actually study those roots and shoots. And that will give us insight into growing plants for food and oxygen supplies on long duration missions. That's what it will give us. Cool. insight into.
0: So what are your next steps or what are the things you're, you're looking on? I'd imagine you have another launch coming up in the next year.
1: We do. We're going to have another EMCS experiment with seedlings going up on SpaceX 11. So we're okay. currently preparing for that right now.
0: And Are there any other small payloads that you're kind of working on that are in various stages of the process? There
1: are. Okay. So we're also preparing uh, microbial tracking too. Okay, And that's a the beginning of a second series payload, we had microbial tracking one last year, but we're preparing microbial tracking two to fly on SpaceX 11 as well.
0: Oh, so sending them both yeah. up at the same time? Yeah, it's both a, your it's precious a busy little time. children going up together. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's really busy time right now, but it's exciting. And microbial tracking two is going to be monitoring the microbes that are present on the station. Okay, And we just have it's actually a very uh, simple experiment. If you just step back and look at it from a, mm-hmm. a layman's standpoint, we're sending up some polyester wipes so that the crew members can wipe different. Surfaces of the ISS in, inside, and, and see what microbes are present. So, they oh, just yeah. wipe a surface, put it in a Ziploc bag, and we'll freeze it and send, send it, it home. Back. Yeah, take a look and see what's in there. We'll do that various times uh, over the course of a year, and just to track and see what's existing, what's existing now, and what's what what the patterns look like um, to see if any microbes have grown more. There's more existing in the station or not. It would be
0: interesting because even as the crews change in and change out, I would imagine that kind of stuff would probably even change Along with it, but you don't really know until you actually get those samples and yep. send it back. Yeah, not sure.
1: It's pretty interesting. We also sample the air, so we okay. have we have an air sampler that stays on station, and we just send up air filters. So if you think about like a dustbuster, buster, totally. you know, you put on a, a filter in front of that. It, it, it's at the front of the air sampling device. Switch that on for about 15 minutes, and it gently sucks in the air mm-hmm. that's inside of the cabin. And then we send the the filter back home.
0: Excellent. So for anybody who wants to know the latest and greatest of what Elizabeth is doing, of these payloads, when they're going to come up, what's the best way to kind of figure some of that stuff out?
1: The best way is on our NASA website. We have mission pages for okay. each of these missions.
0: Okay, so on nasa.gov slash aims, or even just going to nasa.gov and searching microbial tracking or...
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. EMCS is EMCS. a good one. Yeah, you can just search that and that'll pop up. EMCS, NASA Ames.
0: Yeah, of course, and whenever these launches come up, you also, if anybody signs up for alerts or follows us on Twitter or even on Facebook... Um, Whenever the launches are coming up with NASA payloads, we're always putting out uh, press releases or just stories and stuff, kind of getting a little bit more into the weeds of what we're learning from those.
1: Yes, those are wonderful, and the, the <laughs> payloads are wi- are listed there.
0: Excellent. So, also for anybody in the sh- in the short term, if you have questions for Elizabeth, we are using the hashtag NASA Silicon Valley, and on Twitter, we are at NASA Ames. Thank you so much for coming.
1: Thank you, Matt. It's hey, a pleasure. Fun.